this is particularly good, isn't it? We're launching a new series today called Amazing Grace on Change for God. Uh, and over the next seven Sundays down in the day, we're going to be experiencing God's liberating grace as Jesus sets us free from hurts, habits, and hang-ups. Uh, that's not original with me. Some of these phrases, some of you hear that are not original with me. Usually from a guy named Rick Warren. I'm ripping him off and giving him credit right now. If you hear something and you think, hey, that sounds too good to be from Pastor Mark, it is definitely from Pastor Rick Warren. If you hear something you don't like, it was probably from me. Just asking, I'll be very clear. How many of us have ever used this little poem? Sticks and stones may break my bones, but names will never harm me. If you've ever said that to somebody, raise your hand. I want you to look around. You are not alone. You live this sheltered life. said, those of us who did, that we said that names will never harm us, but uh, we remember the names, don't we? I don't remember all the colds I had. I don't remember when I had chicken pox. I know I had chicken pox because Mom and Dad told me I did. But I can tell you my, my name is Kevin Grace. Remember the names, and a lot of them still hurt. I just joke about that one because if they saw me now, they say, Hey, you used to be cute. Uh, everyone in this room, everyone that you will ever meet, has a wounded, broken heart. We all have wounds that nobody can see, we all have hidden. Our broken hearts bind us with invisible chains. Keep us from being free. So the question I want us to think about this morning is, is it possible to receive healing and freedom from these wounds? Is it possible? Can we be released from the chains of a broken heart? Marcus Warner is another author that I'm using this morning. I'm going to give you his credit here right now. That's why it's here. Uh, he wrote a book entitled Understanding the Wounded Heart. And in, in his book, he describes four things. Wounds, lies, vows, and strongholds. They all build off of each other. The first one is wounds. He, he simply says, if you live in this world, you can't avoid it. You're going to get hurt. The only people who can't be hurt are the people who are dead. Okay? 
It is impossible to live in this fallen world without being engaged. Sooner or later, somebody is going to hurt you. The second part of this is lies. The impact of those wounds is not in the size of the wounds, the actions, the hurt of it's in the power of what they do. Control of life and make sure that this never happens. It goes something like this I will never, I will never put myself in that place again. I will never trust that kind of person again. I will never, I will never, I will never. It's our attempt to make sure we stay. Those three things combined. People can trust in God. They're barriers to God's love, and they force us to live on our own. Force us to live on our own strength. So the world wounds us because that's the way the world is. It's a broken world, and that's what happens. And the devil lies to us. Now, some people are not comfortable with the idea of a, a devil, a Satan, a real person who's evil and wants to destroy humanity. So if you aren't comfortable with the devil, uh, let me let you see the difference from I think they're related, but that's just okay. Wizard brain. I got that from a guy named Seth Godin. The lizard brain. It is the thing in the back of your head that is always telling you you can't do what you're about to try to do. The thing that's always lying to you. Now, if that's not the devil, it's the lizard. I don't know which. Whatever. You, if you're more comfortable with lizard brain, the devil, okay. But it's the same thing. Something lies to us. In our heads, we believe something that's not true. And there's a part of us that says, yeah, I, I have to look out for number one. Has anyone ever thought that? So these wounds 
the lies, the, the vows that we make to say, I'm going to take care of this, I'm going to take care of myself, I'm going to make sure this never happens again. They all come together, strongholds of unwanted emotions and fears that keep us stuck, wondering, am I ever going to grow out of this? Apostle Paul wrote about strongholds in his second letter to the church of Corinth. And he gives us some hope. He says, We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. We destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We capture rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey God. We believe when we are wounded comes from any direction. The devil, wizard brain, what we listen to, what we music, what we watch, what we television, the movie, what we read, magazines, or books, the things that we allow our hearts and minds to feed on, sources of lies. Lies are powerful. What we believe drives what we feel and how we act. The lies we believe tend to fall into two general categories. They start back in Genesis chapter 3 when the serpent, the devil, came to Adam and Eve and told them three lies. He told them a lie about God. He told them a lie about themselves. And he told them a lie about sin. He still tells the same three lies some way, shape, or form. It all comes together in the same way. He, he also tells us lies about other people. When we're hurt, about the situations we face in life in general. He loves to distort our view and our understanding of other people so that we develop a, 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 a character for it. This, I wish we had a pornography here to just draw some characters. You know, those are the ones where they take something about you that's unique and then they blow it way out of proportion. A lot of cartoons do that with politicians. Remember Ross Perot with Dumbo ears? Some of you do. I've seen some pictures of President Obama like that. I'm going, his ears are nowhere near Ross Perot. I don't know how you're doing that. Uh, we need to go back and do a little more work on the word heartless. But the devil loves to give us to, 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 to pigeonhole people. So we begin to think, well, they always, he never, you can't count on. Because they will always draw a picture of that person in our hearts and our minds. Probably got a lot of lies 
is that we need to take care of ourselves or that we can take care of ourselves. That's even worse. Really? I hear you with the question, Jesus said. How many of you can add a single person to your household? If I could, I want you to know I would. Based on my current weight, I need to be about eight feet tall. Even then, it might be a feet. If I could make myself taller, I would make myself taller. How many of you could add a single hair to your head? Some of you are going to go, oh, I wish I could do that. Uh, we can't. If it's not been raining and it's dry, how many of us can go outside and go, rain on my garden? Well, we can't. But how many of us will be taken away from Sunny Farm because of that? We we think we can, it's one of the lies about us, is that we can take control of things and we can make sure this never happens again. I will never be hurt again. That's the way the vows church. I will, I will never let myself be used again. I will never let myself get close to somebody again. I will never let anybody see what kind of person I really am.
some of us were wounded by words. Right? And they deserved it. Some of us were abused verbally in our calling. Some of us were hurt by actions and words. We bear physical scars. Some of us were crushed by disappointing relationships. Some of our, our parents were distant, distracted, or disinterested in our lives. Some of our friends, family members, or spouses let us down. Sometimes they did it intentionally. But to be honest, sometimes people are being Other times they simply couldn't meet our needs. That friend they fell home. feel betrayed when it happens. We think, I must have done something. Or I take that as a real jerk and I never do that. Or we believe most of the time that we make promises to ourselves and have never kept and never deserve them. Can I get complicated real fast? is a really big deal, but the W is not quite as big a deal, but it is still a wound that needs to be dealt with. So, this idea of comparison is good and bad. Mine aren't as bad as theirs, so I don't have a problem. 
you have a problem. We all have a problem. Others can say, my words are so bad, I'll never be healed. I was hit by a mad truck. You can't fix that. You can be able to fix it. We have the technology.
control the nations and destroy the nation of Israel. You should praise him. Oh, by the way, he is the great Yahweh. That's what that means. But I serve a God who controls the universe. He knows every single star by name. His wisdom and his understanding is incomprehensible. Oh, by the way, Controls the universe, he controls the history of nations, and he takes the time. Even the gross cosmos. Lined up their leaders and gave them the We may avoid, ignore, simply accept the work of the broken heart, but the God who rules the history of nations and Report to the stars in the universe needs to heal the broken heart. And I'm thinking if he can take care of those things, probably he takes care of you. Jesus, we feel your willingness to burden you. We praise you as well. When you look at the life of Jesus, you read his story in the Gospels Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. When you read it, you see that Jesus healed a lot of people. He healed physical things, issues, spiritual issues, emotions, and achievements. If you study his, his healing ministry, some, things, some patterns that arise. There's some things that come up. He includes uh, what I'm going to call the six following essentials. They, they come in different orders. They may not all show up in every one of the healing stories, but they're a very big part of all of that. These are the vital ingredients that we can grab a hold of to know that Jesus can set us free and heal us from our wounds. The first thing is we need to accept our hurt. If it's buried and we don't want to talk about it, we don't want to think about it, nothing's going to happen. God meets us. As Marcus Miller writes, God will only meet us at the point of our honesty. Admit them out loud and enough are heard out loud to God. It is another thing that we can admit them. We admit them to another human being who cares enough about us to say them. Like Jacob said, Peter chapter 2 tells us when Jesus suffered, he did not threaten to do even. He left his case and sin to God. Well, a lot of people talk about forgiveness, and I 
bring you right to forgiveness. If you did this, it's not accepting things. Somehow it's my fault. You're simply saying, reach for the cross.
And the only way we can do that is to start cutting through this path. We don't run well with the past. I've seen this happen. So you some of those bloopers, first bloopers, where the guy is really running, winning the race by like three or four ahead of people, and he looks back to see how far ahead he is, and trips over his own people, and loses the race. We don't run well with the past. We'll be general and focus on the future. Number five is seek help, support in the small group. person in this church that I want to be in a small group with. I had an idea. Find five people that you do want to be in a small group with and bring them to church with you. I got an email on that. I didn't hear it, but I heard it. Okay. Good. Then there'll be people in this church that want to be in a small group with you. each other up. And the best way to do that is in a small group. A group of five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, somewhere around there. People who just care about each other and love each other and ask each other how things are going and listen and are able to say, you know, I don't have any answer, but I will, I will love you and pray for you.